Hi, this is Steve. And this is Lisa. Uh, and this is our podcast, I'm Married History Teacher. Mm-hmm. Lisa, I know I say this every time, but we actually do have a special broadcast tonight. Yeah, you are. That's a lot of special. Yep, okay. This, this episode, mm-hmm. which might be two episodes because there's a lot of content. I think we need some content. I feel like we've been a lot really fluffy lately, mostly like my weird reactions to the Vikings. Yeah. So we need to get more into content. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to have a lot of content tonight. Okay. Um, so we might have to break it down into two episodes, as I mentioned. Uh-huh. All right. And the reason I love this episode yeah. is because it's a ranking. And mm-hmm. I, I gave a little hint towards this at the end of the last episode, that I am going to attempt to do a ranking of the 10 most influential human beings of all time. Oh, in one episode? No, it might be two episodes. So sorry, but like in the two episodes. In the two episodes. It's not, I, when you talked about that last um, episode, I thought you were going to do Wim one at a time. So that's what I'm getting oh, at here. So no. you're, you're going to like back to back to back. Yeah, yes. All right, that's exciting. It is. And, but like, so like normally we try to tell one story. Uh-huh. So these one to two episodes, who knows? Maybe it'll be so good we'll have to turn to three episodes. But it's going to be 10 sort of short, quick stories okay. about who. The most influential people are, according to Steve Williams. <laughs> okay, right? I love that. Yeah. Um, there, there's no, there, there's no fact involved in this ranking. This is just my own opinions I've put together over time yes. and through some last minute research, as I've been thinking about this over the last month and a half or so. Okay, and how do you feel about interruptions and questions? It's the same level, even. Oh, though? of course, of course. I don't know, sometimes you're like you have certain plans, or it's too long, and well, that's I why have I'm saying that's why I'm stuff leave- for the end or something. Yeah, and that's why I'm leaving the door open to how many episodes this will okay. be. It'll be like kind of like Vietnam, where like I'll just cut it up if it gets too long. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Now here's here's my verbal table of context for how Con- this contents. What what did I say? Context. It's a table of contents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I Good said. Job. Okay. No, that's what I said. Uh, so here's what's going to work. I'm going to break down the rules mm-hmm. of this little ranking, also the things I considered. Okay. And then I'm going to do an honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. However, here's the catch. Yeah. I'm going to mention honorable mentions when I'm doing the rules and the considerations. So you're going to do them up front. Yes. Okay. So anyone I talk about in, in this whole, like, saga of ranking <laughs> is going to be a very important person in one way or the other. Okay? Yeah. Even if they're not officially in the top 10. Okay. All right, and then I'm going to go through the top 10. Each one, everybody gets a little mini story. Okay? And then at the end, I'm going to give you like a breakdown and analysis of like who's in the top 10 and, and stuff like that. And you'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean. Okay. All right? You good? You ready to do this? We're going to get started right away. Yes, I'm ready to do this. Okay. So, first rules. Mm-hmm. No religious figures. Yes. You remember me telling you this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's, a new, there's numerous reasons why I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to get into ranking religions, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really want, like some of the names I wrote down, Jesus, Muhammad, St. Paul, Buddha, and Moses, mm-hmm. uh, Abraham, mm-hmm. the prophet Abraham, you could argue that all of them are extremely, extremely influential. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just named about six out of seven billion people in the world that follow one of those people, or you know what I mean? Like multiple of those people. I do know what you mean. So they're extremely influential. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about them. Okay. Too boring? 
It's not that it's too overdone. boring. It, it's it's not that it, it's, it's overdone. It's inarguable, so it makes it less interesting. It's still it's, arguable. You can like, but like, I don't want to get into like ranking like Muhammad over Jesus or Jesus over Muhammad because people get a little intense about their religion for me, and I don't want to like get into that game. Okay, yeah, I was just also saying, like, it's hard to, to argue with those stats you just gave that they're not important. Yes. Whereas, like, you could maybe give some controversial ones in your own list, which mm-hmm. is more fun because you like your drama. So I, I do like figured drama. that was also playing a role in you dismissing the religious figures. I do like the drama. Yeah. But, okay. yeah. The other thing is, you know, and I'm not trying to be offensive here, but a lot of the religious characters in these religious stories, there's, like, you're really blending the line between history and legend. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but then I thought I wasn't. I was uneducated on something, but I was like, "Were all those people definitely real?" Yeah, (laughs) right. And like, we don't need to get in the specifics here, but like, I feel like including some of these religious figures in the ten most influential people of all time would be like not that similar to doing one of these like a thousand years ago and including like Zeus, you know? Ah. Because people believed in Zeus and people believed in Apollo. You know what I'm saying? But like oh, now yeah. it's pretty widely accepted that those people aren't real. And I guess those gods aren't real. Huh. Yeah. I'm trying to like picture what it would look like to be doing this podcast a thousand years ago. Yeah, it'd be an interesting. About Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Where would we be? In the desert? You and I? Yeah. Well, seeing as you're Jewish, we would probably be in the desert, yes. Yeah. We'd be in the desert. Yeah. I don't know how I would find you though. It would have been a weird chance circumstance for me to find it you. It would in have the to desert. be word of mouth because we met on Craigslist. Kind of. That's how I kind of. Yeah. Well, it. let's not. Not everyone listening to this knows us. Let's not say we met on. Craigslist. We didn't. We didn't. That's like a real <laughs> big. Yeah. God good, almighty. Fair, 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 fair. We did it. I found roommates on Craigslist, and you were good, good friends with one of the roommates. Yeah. But it was Craigslist that connected mm-hmm. us, and you know, that's like kind of like the modern, the pre shit. That's not prehistoric. That's like. I don't know. A thousand years ago? What would you call that? Like the mm, Middle Ages, Europe. That's what we call that. Back in the Middle Ages in the Middle East. Ooh, a lot of middles. A lot of middles. Hmm. Um, anyways, back in the Middle Ages in the Middle East. We, we would have met, right? I mean, Yeah, which, it would be word of mouth, which I yeah. think is the equivalent to Craigslist now. It's like sure. very kind of blunt tool, but it works. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, derailment. Uh, yeah, sure. we're definitely not going to fit this all in one podcast no. the, at this rate. We're, we've literally done one rule. We have. <laughs> To end rule number one, That's quote, not a great pace. Ralph Waldo Emerson, the religion of one age is the literary entertainment of the other. That's kind of what I'm trying to look for. Wow. Yeah. I didn't say that. Quote. Didn't say that. That was a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, though. All right, the other yeah. thing I need to do yeah. is we need to ignore what I would call inevitabilities. <laughs> Stuff that this, would, like, this person shouldn't count because this would have happened anyway. But we need to ignore that because it doesn't really fit. And I'm going to give you a great example. Yeah, I need an example. Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. is discovered with discovering the Americas for Europe. Did you mean to say attributed? What did I say? You said discover with discovered. Oh, yeah, great, great. Sure, <laughs> sure. Sure, that makes sense. Uh, but yes, so yeah. Christopher Columbus, we teach him as the guy who discovered the Americas, right? Yeah. The Americas, Lisa, here's the fun fact, oh. are two gigantic continents. They are indeed. Someone would have found them eventually. People right? definitely found them before. Sure. But it's like the reason that we, we celebrate Columbus is because it's the lasting impact. Yeah. Right? But like if we were going to rank Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. him and the massive change that occurred all around the world because Europeans made permanent contact with the Americas mm-hmm. it is obviously insanely influential. Yeah. 
all right? But it would be really easy to be like, well, someone would find it eventually, so he doesn't count. I'm ignoring that fact. You're ignoring that second part. Yeah, okay. yeah, because you can't, it'll be impossible to rank this shit yeah. if we said, well, that would have happened inevitably. Right, because right? you can make that argument for like almost Pretty much ever. anything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that doesn't count. And also, that being said, Christopher Columbus is not in my top ten because I think there was a more influential person in that time period that I'll get to. All right? Yeah. Because, you know, finding it is one thing, but doing something there is another. Ooh. See, I think... You, you, I went a different way. I went a different way. But you, I see what you're saying, right? Okay, fine, fine. Um, rule number three mm-hmm. is that your achievements have to be primarily done as an individual. Because I didn't want to have groups of people in here. Okay, okay. like no Fleetwood Mac. No, like because <laughs> Fleetwood was going to be on it, but instead <laughs> now Stevie Nicks is number seven. Um, but anyway, like what I mean by this is that there is a group of Chinese researchers who you can trace back to inventing gunpowder. Thumbs down. Okay, but influential does not necessarily mean good or bad. So I, I can still express good or bad, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right, so that was me doing that. Absolutely, right? Thumbs down on gunpowder. Sure. No. But at the end of the day, guns change the world extensively. Yeah. Explosions change the world extensively. So this yeah. group of Chinese researchers who we largely, their names are lost in history. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say group of Chinese researchers who invented, invented gunpowder. Okay. Okay. Right? Fun fact, by the way, it was invented for medical purposes. And then they're like, oh, man, this stuff is explosive. Yeah. Okay. Um, There's also like the other concept, like the interesting story behind William Shakespeare. Do you know the controversy behind the group, the potential group behind William Shakespeare? I have heard that he was so prolific that it was so like, it would have been so extraordinary for that to have been one man that there's like these theories. There was a group of people writing under his name. Right. And from what I understand, there's like a decent amount of, of... of information that might suggest that be true. Like it was like that whole troop of people that worked for the Globe Theater and stuff like that. They were writing mm. the plays and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, isn't it kind of a common practice anyways? Like Stephen King and yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Brown. Like they all have ghostwriters. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was saddened to not include William Shakespeare because I actually really wanted, like it, it, there's something to be said about like the, more people have read William Shakespeare than anything, any other like fictional author in the world ever you know what I mean like yeah. that's that's influential yeah. but it's also like how much influence does art really have and that was a really tough thing that I had to to, to think about too I think it has a big yeah but yeah it, well it's also just intangible right like right. it's hard to measure things that are like bring so much value to culture yes that's um, exactly what I meant huh but shoot totally lost my train of thought there um oh I know what I was gonna say not only did he have these like beautiful masterpieces, um, what a name! Oh yes. Like I really do think that in that specific scenario, like if his name was like something boring or like silly, it would just not have had the same effect. Shakespeare is the most romantic sounding thing ever. Lisa, I hate to do this to you. No. That was a pen name. His name was not William Shakespeare. No. Well, he chose well. <laughs> yeah, right. Another good decision he's a he can be attributed author. to, you know, yeah. so it's a shame that he, he's disqualified. But, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. Let's keep going. Let's keep it going. So those are my three rules. Three rules. Three okay. rules of Fight Club. All right? <laughs> now, considerations. 
uh, something else I want to talk about. How did I come up with these things? How did I come okay. up with this arbitrary ranking system? Okay? So I got four considerations I had to think about, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, and this is the most important thing to me, was did it have global implications? Was everyone in the world affected by this? Gotcha. Is everyone now in the world affected by this human? Like the ripple heard around the world. Yes. Now, I did unfortunately have one catch to this in my top ten. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll say, and you'll know pretty much as soon as I say what I was talking about. Moving yep. on. Mm -hmm. Second consideration. How lasting was it? Like, is it still relevant today? Right? And I give you a perfect example. Genghis Khan conquered a massive amount of land. He killed a massive amount of people, and there was like this 30 to 40 year time period where if you lived in Eurasia, then people pretty much were like, well, I wonder if today is going to be the day where Genghis Khan kills me. Good. Right? Lord. And at the time, Genghis Khan, super influential, most influential man in the world, no doubt. No doubt. But Genghis Khan dies. His kingdom breaks into four different people. Those four different people die. And then pretty much all the Mongols just sort of go home. Mm. There wasn't too much lasting influence there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. All right, so I need a lasting impact. Number three that was tough for me is, do we know the extent of their influence? So I'll give you a great example here. Stephen Williams. Just kidding. <laughs> Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. Right? He invented something that everyone who's listening to this probably has in their pocket right now. No, more realistically, is looking at it while half listening. As we speak. <laughs> yes. Right? But we don't really know. This cell phone can be replaced in two years by new technology, and we'll all forget who Steve Jobs is. It's true. I mean, even our country is so young. I mean, if we were to have a, a massive decline in influence and, and power, it, we would not be very notable on this, in the scheme of like regimes and world powers. You it's know? true. It would be very short. Very true. Empires collapse all the time. All the time. I applied the same logic to, to Thomas Edison as well. Like, I really try to get Thomas Edison in my top 10. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't fit him in because mm -hmm. so much of his things, like, he invented something called a phonogram, which is basically how we can listen to recordings of music. But, like, it was just such an old sort of thing. And, you know, there's all these different other ways of consuming art that I just don't think was lasting enough. Okay. All right. Um, number four, inventors was really, really tough for me because mm -hmm. I have implied this before. Mm -hmm. There's almost no inventions that there's someone who just like had a eureka light bulb moment and invented some shit. Mm -hmm. There's always a precursor to the invention. Yes, we talked about this and I really, that had, I hadn't thought about it that way before. It really changed my mind. The, the quote from Isaac Newton that I am here because I stand on the shoulder of giants. Yes. That, you know, there was so much done before me that, like, made it a lot easier for me to make this leap that I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's fair. But I, yeah. But you could also, again, argue that about most things, right? Like, whatever decisions people made mm -hmm. based on, you know, more and more years of knowledge of, of human history and what worked and what hasn't. Like, you know, we're, we're very informed now. And, yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, that was a little bit of no, but I mean, you got to my point perfectly. Mm. So, and you said this pretty succinctly. All right, and just to keep in the theme of giving examples, I want to use something as an example. The steam engine. 
-hmm. Okay. So the steam engine was originally been by a guy named Thomas Newcomen. Okay. Yeah. But it was extremely inefficient. Mm -hmm. Then this guy named James Watt made it super efficient. Mm. Commercialized, right? Yeah. And then there was another guy named George Stevenson who decided to put that steam engine on a locomotive, a train. Yes. And that's really the train changed the freaking world, man. Yeah. yeah. Right? But who of those three do you credit? Right? Right. So you have to take this into effect. If I was going to put an inventor on here, that shit had to be legit. Yeah. Right? Legit as shit. Yes. Okay? Yeah. All right. Those are my rules and considerations. Okay. Time to get to the honorable mentions. All right. I'm here for it. You here? You ready for this, Luz? Mm -hmm. All right. Now, we have a handful of European listeners, and I think the number one thing that those European listeners are going to be like, Bleu, how did they miss on all of this man? You know, is that because all Europeans have French accents? Um, I knew it. Johannes Gutenberg is not going to be on this list. You know who Gutenberg is, Liz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johannes threw me off, but yeah, I know who Gutenberg is. Well, shit, I know the name. What do you do? No, I just said I know the name. Okay. Guten it's something to do with sound or noise or radios or something. None of the above, actually. Something music? No, keep going. Keep going. No music. Gutenberg. Blech. This is embarrassing. I feel like it's on. It's not on the tip of my tongue. It's all the way in the back. But okay. it's making its way up. <laughs> it's somewhere slowly. on the tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Let's go ahead for the sake of the listeners and my ego. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, he invented the printing press. But yeah, really... it's like rolling out songs. You know what I mean? Like it's like that movement, like Jeez. that rhythmic printing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right, Gutenberg, you're really dragging me down. All right, so Gutenberg yeah. invented the printing press. Mm hmm So okay. he's an honorable mention. He's an honorable mention. Now, uh, you can make an easy argument that he should be in the top ten. To me, he's too European. It's like the Chinese <laughs> had been printing. Hear me out. The Chinese <laughs> had been printing for literally centuries when... Gutenberg, quote unquote, invented the printing press. Oh, okay. so that's just a case of Westernization of history. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, so that doesn't count at all. Well, well, no, it should count for something because it, it, he hit like such good timing. Okay. So he invented this really more efficient printing press in a time where a lot of things were changing. Like Martin Luther was speaking out against the church and all these scientists were starting to say these things, how the world works. And um, at a time where, like, the church had a bunch of power because Bibles were only printed in Latin instead of German and English and stuff like that, where we could start printing Bibles out so everyone could read the Bible, make their own interpretations. Mm, so right, he right. spread ideas. Like, his printing press spread ideas all over Europe that made a lot of changes. Yeah. However, it's so exclusively European and has really already occurring in the East, so I, I didn't want to have him in there. All right. Fair. All right. Now, next honorable mention. Love this dude. Okay. Albert Einstein. <laughs> My bro. Yeah, that's your bro. That's your man's. Mm -hmm. um, the reason he's not in the top 10 is because I feel like there's just another guy in the top 10 who just did like a slightly mount, like more than him in the same field hmm. to edge him out a bit. Ah. Kind of pushed him off. So, like. In the field of physics? In the field of generic science. Okay. Okay, science and mathematics. Uh -huh. Okay, so there's all sorts of stuff like, you know, relativity and like his contribution of creating the atomic bomb and mm -hmm. like ending World War II and stuff like that. Yeah. Huge impact. 
Yeah. I feel like there's a guy too similar than him that's just clearly more influential, and we'll talk to him, talk about him. Yeah, well, we'll have to have that conversation when we get there. Yes. Um, Euclid. You know Euclid? I know that there's a street in D.C. named Euclid. Are they related? I think so. Hmm. Because Euclid just likes to name streets the double, the double syllables once you get past the... D.C.? Yeah, what did I say? Euclid. I said Euclid. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're really bad tonight. I'm sorry. I just Sometimes got a lot of you go through phases. Did you not sleep enough last night? No, no. I have a, just have a lot of information in my head. Oh, okay. And, you know, You're uh, going, stuff gets... Firing at full speed. Yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah, gets Yeah, at all cylinders. Okay. Um, okay. I'll keep an eye out. Euclid, to keep it short, is mm-hmm. a mathematician mm-hmm. who is a, a freaking genius who came up with all this universal mathematics. The one reason he's not in my top ten is because apparently he had this massive, um, he had like a huge amount of help. Like this wasn't so much an individual. It almost falls too much into the category of like it was him, he's a genius, he's leading the charge, but he had like 20 mathematicians working with him. Mm. And he was also, um, had one of the best teachers in the world who we will also get to a little bit later. Okay. Okay. See you later, Euclid. Finally. Mm-hmm. We have a young lady named Queen Isabella. Oh. Mm -hmm. Definitely an honorable. She funded Columbus, right? She did fund Columbus, which is a big part of her influence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She also did some horrible, horrible shit. She didn't really do with the Moors. Well, she was the Spanish Inquisition lady. Yeah. And she also, like, kicked out all the Jews and the Muslims from Spain, which had, like, a terrible ripple effect. Uh, not to yeah. mention that it's basically genocide. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and actually Spain, I think 10 years ago now, mm-hmm. to like make amends for that time period extended, um, anyone that could prove that they had um, roots that led back to the Moors or like uh, that led back to being like a, Jew- a Jewish Spaniard had automatic citizenship in Spain. Oh, so yeah, I got super excited because at that time I was like, I want to live in Europe. Europe's so cool. Um, and I was like Googling it and everyone was like, we definitely were not a Spanish family. <laughs> yeah. What is there? Cause you guys are Ashkenazi. Yeah. And we're like Eastern European. What is, is it Sephardic? I think Sephardic is the name for the, uh, the very, like the Iberian Peninsula. Jews. I believe so, but yeah. I would not bet anything on it. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely a specific region right. and very rare compared to Ashkenazi. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. She's my last honorable mention. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into it. Okay. This is the top ten. Coming at you hard, we're going to go ten to one. Okay? Ten to one, okay, yeah. yeah. Do you need to take a mental stretch, ask any questions, anything like that before we get going? Dude, I'm over this shit. Okay. Before I get into number ten, mm-hmm. just reminding everyone out there, this is a bias Steve list. Mm-hmm. Number ten is one of my favorite human beings ever to live, but I think he's one of my favorites because of his influence. Also, if you were one of our handful of international listeners out there, because we do have a good amount of, of international listeners. Yeah, that they too. dabble. They dabble. Please do not turn it off when I say this man's name. I swear to God, he's the only American on here. He's also the only real politician. Okay? Yeah. It's not going to be a list of a bunch of Americans, I promise. Number 10 on my list. most infl- Give me a drum roll, Lisa. Go. Give me your best impression of a drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Shit. Right. It's tough. I, yeah. da, 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 da. I put you on the spot. So. You did. Yeah. How do we can you model one for me? I actually don't know either. Like, hmm. I'm trying to channel oh, my channel Michael Scott. Yeah. 
<laughs> now we're just a bunch like a of radio jockeys fish. just making sound effects. <laughs> All right, drum roll, please. Okay, I'm just going to tap. Perfect. Okay. James Madison. Oh, yeah, you love that. Yeah, you keep wanting our future child to be named Madison. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Which is like whatever. I can. I I feel like I retain rights. Yes. If I want. Number nine. Just kidding. I'm not going to go through them that quick. I'm going to talk about James Madison for a while. And I'm going to give you my argument of why I think he's one of the top ten most influential people of all time. Mm-hmm. Okay. James Madison is known as the father of our Constitution. Mm-hmm. He is the primary author of the United States Comp- Constitution. Mm-hmm. Okay. The United States Constitution is the basis of almost every single modern democracy in the world right now. Yes, although they did base it heavily off of things that had already been created, right? Absolutely. Thank you, Lisa. You're so smart. Uh, Again, it depends. But, uh, yeah, and it's... Shoot, this is what I need to learn. Stop where you go ahead, Lisa. I'm going to start tossing out weird shit. No, Magna Carta had something to do with it. Damn it, no. Yeah, okay, so the Magna Carta... Very important. Let's Let's not... Diminish the Magna Carta. But let me talk about the American Constitution because it involves the Magna Carta. Yeah, that's right. The American Constitution has almost no original ideas. Yeah. All right? But what it was is it was like this amalgamation of almost every single democratic idea Mm -hmm. ever written about, whether it was the Magna Carta, the rights of the Englishmen, Mm -hmm. or all of the the plethora of ideas that came out of the Enlightenment. Mm. Okay, but the Americans sat down, they put it together, and they actually created those ideas all into one, right? Yeah, it's just like amazing synthesis. Yes, and you can say whatever you want about American government right now, but Mm -hmm. at the time, that was some revolutionary shit, man. Oh, yeah. And it, it was a, basically a new government, a new country. It was, it was federalism, which is like a new form of government, essentially, where you have dual regional governments with a central government, too. Right? That's mm-hmm. all that new shit. It was like this new idea. It was people voting. It was almost everyone voting. Not everyone yet, right? Mm-hmm. But it was most people were voting. Mm-hmm. And it was like this new incredible concept. And the reason that James Madison deserves so much credit is because this constitution had to be written when there's all these geniuses in the room, but they were ego-driven, loudmouth geniuses, mm. right? And they were all standing in the room yelling at each other, looking out for their own self-interest while also trying to create this democracy where they didn't need a king. And James Madison just sat there quietly in the back of the room. He was a short, mousy, quiet man. Didn't have much of a room presence like George Washington, but he sat there diligently writing notes taking notes, and he wrote down everything that everyone said, and he considered everything, and he wrote most of the seven articles of the Constitution, which also included a bunch of compromises. You've heard these kind of Connecticut compromise, the three-fifths compromise, and all this sort of shit, right? Mm -hmm. This is all him as the main brain behind it, sitting there quietly doing all of this work. So cool. Yes. So he puts out the Constitution. He's not even done yet, Lisa. I'm not even dumb, James Madison. <laughs> right? So he sits there, mm-hmm. puts it out. You know, they put together the seven articles, but still the country split 50-50. Mm-hmm. Right? So what they do is they need more changes to get the anti-federalists, the people who didn't like the new Constitution, to ratify 
to ratify the Constitution, it took James Madison, being the primary authors of the first 10 amendments of the Constitution, the first 10 changes we made to the original Constitution. Uh -huh. He was the primary author of that as well. And he tacked that onto the first seven articles, and boom! All of a sudden, everybody ratifies the Constitution. Yeah, was that was it was it a unanimous vote after that? Uh, no, I don't think it was unanimous, but it was enough. I think I don't remember the stats of what the fractions what they needed. I think it was like nine out of thirteen states or something like that. But they got it passed, and they got it passed largely because James Madison was a non-ego driven, awesome, smart dude just sitting there getting things done quietly. That's so cool. Yeah, love. this is why I love the dude. And yeah. then you pretty much see all of the countries in the Americas that spring up in the 1830s adopt the American Constitution, the European countries that have adopted the American Constitution, African countries that have adopted... Yeah. And that's why I think he has the global influence that should get him on the top ten list. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that freaking... That counts. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. That is really mm -hmm. quite incredible. Um, I never really, I, I have to be honest, I didn't realize there was a vote on the Constitution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Like, big time. They didn't just, like, force it upon someone. That would be a dictatorship. No, 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 no. I thought, like, people were voted into power, and then they wrote the, like, Well, they went to I mean? an extent, though. Like, so, so, so each state sent delegates. Okay. And then they wrote it, and then it became a vote among the delegates. And then the so delegates was James Madison a delegate? Oh, yeah, he was a Virginia delegate. Of course, he's a virgin. <laughs> I, I really don't like. I, I know this sounds so biased. You're so biased when it comes to Virginia. Well, it's Virginians insane. are incredible, but <laughs> I don't like. I, I really don't think it's a bias when I say that I think that James Madison literally deserves to be one of the most influential humans of all time. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I mean, I think that there's a strong argument for that. That's extremely impressive. Yeah. And what a what a mark to leave. Right. Yeah. That's really quite cool. Let's move on. Okay. Not all of them are going to take that long of a, of a story, by the way. Okay. Uh, number nine is a violation of, of my number one consideration, which is global influence. Okay. Number nine, drum roll me, Liz. Is a guy named simply by Confucius. <laughs> right? Yeah, forget about him. Now, it is a violation because it's hard to say that he has global impacts, right? However, he is Chinese, and they're one-seventh of the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, over one-seventh, I believe, now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, that, that's crazy, right? And then if you think about, like, all the different places that China sort of invaded over the years and stuff, you, you can also argue that he you know, had a certain impact on life in, like, Southeast Asia and, and, and Korea and stuff like that. And, like... But was Confucius, like, pro-invasion? No. So, so Confucius... Like, I'm not going to get too much into what he was all about. Okay. Because I want to talk about his influence. Okay. Because it was very unique. Okay. So Confucius was just this dude who was actually from pretty modest means. But he was just sort of so wise and like rational and logical that he rose up to be pretty high within like the, the I think it was the Han dynasty, the Han. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And, and basically Confucius is going to lay out a code of living mm -hmm. for the world's largest nation, which is China, obviously. Yeah. Right? Like a code of moral living. Moral living, a code of how to live, and what I think is particularly interesting or unique or influential about him mm -hmm. 
is that, Lisa, let me ask you a question. Hmm. What religion are the Chinese? Um, <laughs> shit. I don't, uh, Buddhist? No. Some of them are. Mm. But they're mostly secular? They're Oh, they're just like follow Confucius. Secular? Yeah. Country, they don't have organized religion. There's a, there's a handful of them are Christian, a handful of them are Muslim, a handful of them are Buddhist. I think a small amount of them are Taoist, which is a Japanese religion originally. Mm. But at the end of the day, China, one seventh of the world, even today, sort of lives by this moral code that was outlined by Confucius like 1500 years ago or something. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. I like and that. it was something that. Genghis Khan, even when he conquered all of China, couldn't get rid of. So mm. this is my argument about why like, you need to have a lasting impact. Mm. Is that because even after the, the Khan Empire had broken apart, mm-hmm. Confucianism was still sort of the moral code in China. That's, yeah, that is quite the lasting impact. Yeah. Are there like gatherings to like go over Confucius's Statements and whatnot, or is it more just this thing that's passed down from like family to family, and it's just like a book or something, or like a couple of lines to live by? I really don't want to speak too intensely about Chinese culture specifically because I don't know a lot about Chinese culture. Mm. Um, but to me, my understanding of it has been there is a con- there's Confucianism books, but it's really more just of like your your way of living and your way of life that is passed down from family to family. Okay. It's kind of like that example about how, like, we talk about how Americans are so uptight compared to a lot of Western Europe because we were Puritan. We were Puritans. Mm-hmm. Like, you and I didn't know that America was founded by Puritans when we were growing up. Yeah. You know, it's just something that's built into the culture. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, okay. All right, I think we can move on. Mm-hmm. Number eight is going to be a quick one, too, but I think he really speaks for himself. Okay. Right? And you've never heard of him. I almost guarantee you've never heard of this, dude. Well, at least the bar's low. Yeah, right. Number eight is an Englishman. Okay. His name is Thomas Babbage. Yeah. I mean, Babbage does sound strangely... Does a teensy bit familiar? But I don't know anything about him. Maybe you're thinking of cabbage? No, definitely not. No? Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I... It does sound like... Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds weirdly familiar. Yeah. So so what he did is is... He basically invented the concept of computers. For someone who's not doing inventors, you're doing a lot of inventors. No, he's one inventor. I've done three people. Four people. Babbage is the first there someone? There was someone else that invented something. I mentioned Gutenberg in the honorable mentions for the inventor of the printing press. Hmm. I need a list. I can't remember anymore. Well, a lot I have people. a list, but I don't want to ruin it. No, no, I don't want to see the list. I like being surprised. Okay. Anyways, um, invented... Um, Computers. Yeah. Huh. Right. Yeah, so he, he basically is credited to being the first people who pioneered the idea of digital computing. This was all the way back in the 1800s, okay. early 1800s. Okay. Right? And he also created something that, like, nowadays we would probably just call it, like, a calculator. Okay. But, like, can you imagine coming up with some sort of digital, digital concept that could do math equations in the early 1800s? Yeah, I mean, that's really impressive. Yeah. But it's a general, that generic concept, right, of, of like, a machine um, trying out multiple different 
uh, scenarios very quickly. Yes. In a way that the human brain cannot. And I'm thinking right. of uh, Alan Turing. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Who in, who had pretty much invented the more the modern day computer for for Britain during World War II, right? To try to crack Hitler's codes in the morning. Absolutely. Yeah. And what Alan Turing invented was far more complex than anything Babbage invented. It was just, and this was a tough call because I did want to have Turing. Mm. Okay, I did really want to, to put him out there as, as the guy. Mm-hmm. But the more I read about Babbage versus Turing, I was just like, this dude lived 140 years before Turing and like had this idea in his head. Like, there's no yeah. way that Turing didn't didn't read like writings from Babbage and shit like that. Okay, yeah, I mean that's fair, but yeah, that's why inventions get tricky. Yeah. Who's Did you see that Touring movie though? What's it called? Enigma? The the one about the the one with um Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah. Yeah, we watched it together, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a great film. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. good. Um yeah. I don't think it was like I mean I liked it. But I feel like there's something about it that that like just was a little off for me, but I can't remember what it was anymore. Maybe a little too Hollywoody for you. Yeah, and like the ending was like abrupt and. Well, the ending was abrupt because they wanted to make it more about the Enigma machine and not about his life. But his, yeah. the end of his life is so fucking tragic and like really legitimately pisses me off. No, it is. It's really upsetting. They gave him all those. He's chemically castrated. Yeah. For being a homosexual. Yeah, which they just voted to do. In the Shh, we can't get. Wait, this is a That's non- the news. It's a non-political podcast. It's not political. Alabama did vote for that. Yes, that is factual. To have chemical castration for anyone um, convicted of a sex crime for a minor. That is true. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Yes, yeah, so Thomas Babbage, basically the guy who came up with the concept of computers. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You want to hear number seven, Lise? Yeesh. Lisa. Mm-hmm. First scientist, well, Thomas Babbage is a scientist. First, like, more of, like, a stereotypical nerd scientist. Guy named Nicholas Copernicus. You ever heard of Nicholas Copernicus? Again, sounds familiar, but that's yeah. it. So he's Polish. Shout out Baltimore, Maryland. Sunny Baltimore, Maryland, home of our studio. <laughs> Polish hub, right? Uh, he was a Polish dude, but it was, he, was, he was actually a... Uh, a Polak living in modern, or what was then Prussia, but they were still Polish. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came up with something called the heliocentric theory. Uh-huh. Lisa, what do you think heliocentric theory means? Break it down in Latin phrases. What does helio mean? I mean, is it all related to helium? No, it has very little to do um, with helium. Something to do with helicopters, like levitating? You know what um, helio means? Mm-mm. It means star or sun? Is that a common knowledge? No. Okay. I don't know. You're a smart lady. I just mm. figured I'd test you. Okay. Yeah, well, failed that one. Yeah, so... Um, and what's the, the other ones I have to guess? Well, centric. Oh, so yes. Centered, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's not as exciting. Yeah, so, so this guy named Ptolemy was a Greek guy who claimed that the Earth was the center of the universe and everything revolved around the Earth. Mm-hmm. Is that true, Lisa? Does everything revolve around the Earth? Nope. No, not at all, right? So Copernicus comes around and makes a bunch of simple observations, record a bunch of movements of planets and stars around the sky, and he comes up with this revolutionary idea that, you know what? The Earth is not at all the center of the universe. The sun is the center of the universe, hence heliocentric. Right? But it's not really the center of the universe, but what it really is happening is the planets are orbiting the sun 
the planets and the sun is not orbiting the earth. Yes. Right? Now, you could hear this and be like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what happened. Right? His concept of the heliocentric theory, mm-hmm. he denied it, a lot of it, because it was um, against uh, the Catholic Church to claim that the earth wasn't the center of the universe. Okay. Um, because the according to the Bible, like the the sun and the stars and the moon are secondary to the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was afraid to he like wrote the books down and stuff. But he was afraid to have them published and stuff like that. And he was mm-hmm. like, eventually, what happened is he died, and all of his friends published all of his findings, and then all these other scientists sort of reading his findings, and they're like can you possibly fathom what this means? Like, if this is the truth, right, then this means X is really Y and Z is really D, and then, you know, and, like, there is, like, this world out there that we need to start studying intensely, and we need to figure out what's really going on around us. (laughs) So he basically inspired something that we now call the scientific revolution, um, which we lead to most modern scientists and most, like, modern discoveries in science and stuff. Hmm. Um, Was there a lot of pushback from the church? Well, yeah. So a lot of those scientists, like some of them were killed. Some of them were thrown into prison. Some of them were put on house arrest, like the very famous Galileo Galilei. Hmm. Uh, He was put on house arrest for the rest of his life for um, saying all these things about the moon and and shit like that. Yes. But it was basically all inspired by Copernicus. Hmm. So some people don't even call it the scientific revolution. Some people call it the... Copernican Revolution. Hmm. Now, on top of all of this, Lisa, Mm -hmm. just like as if that isn't enough, he was also like a brilliant economist who was one of the first people to ever break down the concept of inflation. Wow. And he like really helped a bunch of the European rulers like help like with their like money supply in these various countries because he was, like, smart enough to see the different issues with, like, bringing in more currency and, like, stuff like that. That's super impressive. Yeah. That's very... That almost seems harder than the moon stuff. Yeah, well, (laughs) right. I mean, that is a great point, because, like, to a certain extent, we know way more now about moon and planetary motions than we do about the economy. The economy's still, like, no, we definitely aren't, like, yeah, definitely got that under control. Right. It's still a total enigma. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, very impressive. Yes. Lisa, are you ready for number six? Yes. All right. Number six. Okay. Number six is a guy named Infante de Henrique. Whoa. Never heard of that one. Never heard of him? I'm going to throw a different name, the name that he's really known by. Okay. Prince Henry the Navigator. Oh, yeah. He's Portuguese. Nice, Lisa. You remembered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's Portuguese. Do you have any idea what he did? Navigated, bro. Well, no, he didn't. And remember, I told you he wasn't a (laughs) prince or a navigator, and then you called him a loser. I did. I was, yes, this, yeah, that word did come into my brain when you said that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so he was a loser. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Let me explain what he did. Okay. Okay? So he was a Portuguese guy who was, like, really deep in line for the throne of Portugal, hence why they call him prince. But what he did is he was, he was basically like a duke who like realized that there is a tremendous amount of potential in development of ships 
navigation, navigating on the seas and finding access to Eastern goods so we could cut off the Silk Road and we could cut off the Venetians and Italian and Portugal could just go find it on their own. And they can't do it over land because there's, you know, there's, our, there's trade empires already established. But if he developed sea technology... Yeah, they could bypass all that and not have to pay a premium. Exactly. Okay. Right? So what he did is he created this university in Portugal. He brought in, he paid shipbuilders. He brought in map makers. He brought in, in uh, inventors, like just brilliant people, bold people, everyone. And they all just spent decades studying at this navigational university in Portugal that he all funded and supported. Huh. Right? And then he finally started sending out people. He sent out a guy named Bartholomew Diaz. And Bartholomew Diaz was the first guy to figure out that Africa actually ended and you can get around the southern tip of Africa. Right? Do you remember this part yeah, of this? Yeah, part of the Boer story. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a guy named Vasco da Gama. Right? And Vasco da Gama went out and he was the guy who first made it to India mm. and brought back all those Indian spices to Portugal. And it was worth like 600 times the amount of money it cost to build the ship and send them over there. Wow. Wow, right? Wow, wow. Yes. And it was like we were all following sort of Portugal's lead when all and these Europeans. Striking Europeans. gold. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. You know, you always got to be the first in on an industry like mm-hmm. that. That's mm-hmm. how you make all your riches. Yeah. But then if you go in too late or too early, you know, it's tricky out there. For sure. Well, gamblers. Sure. Anyway, sorry. So, okay. They brought back. So, sorry. I, I can't keep thinking about, I can't stop thinking about like the recruitment pitch to these people. Like, oh my God, do you think so it, it was obviously over mail, right? And it was just like, dear so-and-so, I know you are the top of your field. Come here for a once-in-a-lifetime experience to build the world's first ever ship that can blah, 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 blah. We will prevail. Something like that. That was a nice speech, Lisa. Mm. I will give you my one critique about it, though. Mm-hmm. You did that thing that they do um, when Hollywood movies are made or like even what they're doing in Chernobyl on HBO. Just like any foreigner that they don't use subtitles in the movie, you just give them a British accent. Yeah, I know, but like, I mean, I'm not doing Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, I mean, who can do a Portuguese accent? (laughs) I'm not even sure where to begin. Yeah, no, you know, same continent, it's like Stone's Throw. Yeah, sure, sure. Across the channel. Right. But I mean, is that not a really like. You didn't like Chernobyl, little group. I, I did like. I totally appreciate for what it is. It is like very well done, really f- gripping storyline. It's just so. I mean, it's just despair, though. I mean, like it's just that is my issue with it. It's yeah. so intensely horrific, and you know, there's really not that much light at the end of that tunnel. You no, know, you just watch a tragedy unfold. Sure, it's not good. You know, sure, and I can Titanic totally rose. Maybe we'll get a rose, actually. You know, there might be. Yeah, we don't know. The story's yeah. not over yet. We've only seen one episode. So. We have. Yeah, yeah. But I, like, had nightmares. I have, Steve, I haven't had nightmares since I was, like, nine years old, and I saw this weird-ass movie, and I wish I knew what it was because it was a very random thing. It was this female robot, like, somehow that scared the shit out of me. That was the last time I had nightmares anyways until Chernobyl, and I had nightmares about the radiation and those people. It was awful. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't realize it got that deep. I I definitely won't make you watch that again. (laughs) You know what I had nightmares about? Hmm. Why in the hell those Russians were speaking English in British accents? Yeah, no. 
Yeah, we're back to where we started. It was a little bit weird and rude. Like, what, point, what are you doing? I honestly, to the point, like, I kind of was like, oh, well, it must be like a British manned uh, nuclear plant. Did you <laughs> like, think I was for like, a second that the Soviets I would allow something called the Vladimir E. Lenin yeah, Nuclear yeah. Power I Center know. to be manned by British people during the Cold War? You're nuts. I don't know. I know. But they also, like, you kind of, you don't see this in the first episode, but I was reading about... Chernobyl, the the show on HBO, and apparently, like, there were American scientists that were very, in, and European scientists that were very involved in the response to Chernobyl. So, like, I, I, there is, I think, a pretty tight nuclear community. But I know there was, like, big secrets, too. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they could have. Also, what did you spill on your shorts? It's very distracting. It's not a spill. It's paint from painting the house earlier. Oh, that's sad. So it might be stuck on there. No, these were my painting shorts. But... Okay, I liked those shorts. They're, they're his um, from his high school. Football too far, coaching. too deep, too deep. We got to move on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not right. <laughs> yeah, no. Please let's, let's Prince continue. Henry the Navigator. Prince right? Henry the Navigator. So anyway, <laughs> jeez, woo, a lot of topics there. So yes, he basically got a guy with a bunch of egos and very bold people to come to Portugal, study, and eventually started sponsoring all of these different voyages to try to get to the riches of the East and inspire all of these other countries to do the same thing. And I think it was him more than it was Queen Isabella or Christopher Columbus that led to the discovery of the New World. It was really him who started this whole educational push to start moving to what we now call the Age of Discovery, which again is one of those horribly Western-centric phrases because it's about the Europeans discovering all these places that already had people living there. Yeah, not to mention we're devastated upon the Europeans' arrival. Right. Uh, However, yeah. history is the study of change, right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's like, this you can't is argue. a huge it's a change. change. It's a huge change, right? So, um, why was he encouraging other countries to do that? He didn't want the No, 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 he wasn't directly. But, like, when you oh, look at the loop gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. that Vasco it, it, brought it, it Gama, inspired yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, we're all, it's like the NFL. It's a copycat league, you know? <laughs> you know, no one needs to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that, that is undeniably extraordinarily um, impactful. Yes. I mean, but a lot of, a lot of negative. Egg. Sure. But that's not negative. his fault. People could have yeah. behaved themselves. Sure. sure, egg. Yeah, totally. And they did not. They did not. No humanity. <laughs> all right. All right, as in that is where we're going to leave you off for the first part of the 10 most influential people of all time. Uh, we will uh, pick up and conclude next week with the top five. Uh, thanks for listening. My name is Steve, and I was a history teacher. My name's Lisa, and I married him. <laughs>